Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hustle. I'm Travis Apple, and I'll be your host of this podcast. After spending my entire career in the sports sales industry, I wanted the opportunity to give back, to give back to those individuals that want to get in this business, or for those individuals that are in this business that want to continue to excel at an elite level. For those of you who know me, hustle has always been important, hence the name. This podcast is presented by General Sports Worldwide and the Clubhouse. GSW is certainly picking up steam in search, recruiting, training, and consulting. The Clubhouse is a career development platform consisting of monthly webinars, in-depth training vault, job board, mentorship platform, blogs, and a focus on mental health. Be sure to sign up for a free membership at theclubhousecareers.com. In addition, thanks for everyone that has supported the book, Hustle Your Way to Success in Sports Sales. For season three, I'm going to have the privilege of sitting down with industry experts to discuss their career path, three key topics that are current in the industry, three hustle hot seat questions, three pieces of advice, all under 24 minutes. Now on to our guests this week. Sports are oftentimes a part of someone's entire life. There's also a lot of opportunity to grow your career in and out of sports and be able to take key learnings and apply it to other industries. Our next guest has done just that, and I'm excited to have Andrew Schwartz, co-president of the New York region of the Howard Hughes Corporation. Andrew, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Travis. Appreciate it. Andrew, great connect with you. Excited to talk about your career path, and, and let's kick it off where we started. You know, sports has always been a big part of your life. You've been a lifelong hockey enthusiast. And and post your graduation from the University of Connecticut with a degree in communications and marketing, you actually become the head coach of the Women's Ice Hockey Club. How was that experience for you? Yeah, I think I think an important clarification needs to be had. And and it was a tremendous experience. Uh, My first uh, start in sports was actually in 1995, stuffing envelopes for former 52 Weeks of Hustle alum and industry legend Fred Mangione. Nice. I was his intern at the New Jersey Rock and Rollers, the professional roller hockey team that played out of the uh, the Meadowlands. Uh, second, and knowing Freddie, he was probably right there, stuffing envelopes right beside you. You're stealing my thunder for later on in this interview. But oh. yeah, Freddie, Freddie is just someone who leads by example and is one that we can all look to as somebody who has paved the way. And I don't mean that just in the office, but out of the office as well and how he helps people uh, every single day and acts as a tremendous mentor for folks. But my second stint in sports was, yes, indeed, coaching the University of Connecticut women's ice hockey team, which actually occurred simultaneous to my undergrad studies. Uh, I thought I was going to have my Rudy moment when I tried out for the men's ice hockey team, but I did not make the team. But in an effort to stay as close to the game as possible, I reached out to the women's head coach uh, of the ice hockey team and asked if there was anything that I could do, game day assistant, pick up pucks, whatever. After the first few practices, I think she noticed that I had a little bit something else in me to give and inquired about me being uh, a student assistant coach. I held that year that role for, for three years. And then just before my senior year, the head coach, Uh, abruptly left right before the season, leaving the team without a coach. That was one of the first times uh, of many that would come that I raised my hand looking for a challenge uh, and became the head coach, not only overseeing the hockey-related aspects, including practice planning and managing the bench, but also all scheduling, traveling, purchasing, fundraising, all while finishing my uh, my senior year. A unique scenario, coaching 16 women at 6 a.m. at our our rink at at UConn, rushing back to my dorm, showering, eating breakfast, and then sitting side by side with them uh, at 9 a.m. in one of our classes. 
talk about your know, constant juggle of, of responsibilities. And, you know, you certainly, you, that's just kind of who you are as a human, you know, the hard work and effort and we're on 52 weeks hostile, but you take that experience to then get internships and roles with both the NHL as well as the New Jersey devils. And as you think back to your early time in the sports industry, whether it be coaching or some internships or, or early jobs, what's one thing, you know, now that you would have loved to have known back then. I think just, Understanding and appreciating how interconnected the the business is. Really, the product supports the strategy, or the strategy uh, defines what the product look like looks like. The strategy fuels the revenue targets. The marketing campaigns support the sales teams. The community initiatives support the marketing efforts, and then the players are woven throughout it all. Uh, and with that, the staff is drawn closer to closer to each other. Uh, with every game. And those are important relationships. You you celebrate the wins together every morning when you get back into the office, but perhaps more importantly, uh, you commiserate about the losses together. And there's this common thread throughout um, that nurtures your internal relationships with a true understanding of the, the reliance on each other. Uh, and if you can master that early on, uh, I think it's important as you build uh, the blo- building blocks of your career. No, so, such great advice there, Andrew. And, you know, you, you took that your own advice and, and kind of continue to excel in your career because you you then go on to spend almost five years in the Major League Baseball front office, both with special events and corporate sales and marketing. And as you were diving in and, and working with some of the largest partners in, in some of the bigger jewel events like the All-Star and World Series, just to name a few, what were some key elements that went into the success of of not only selling and activating the partnership, but also the overall kind of experience on those jewel events. I think especially for those breaking into the industry, you have to recognize and appreciate how complex these large scale events can be. You need to understand that even the simplest details are important, if not imperative to the success of the event itself. I often give the example of when I used to work on the Gatorade um, a partnership in Major League Baseball and, and how important the little things were. You had to make sure that as the player got out of the batter's box, you had to immediately hand them a Gatorade and give them a Gatorade towel. But it wasn't me doing it. It was relying on 12 and 13-year-old boys and girls who you had to implore to make sure that they ran right up to the player and that Gatorade had that moment because that is what Gatorade was looking for. A little tiny uh, new moment in the entire broadcast is where really all the value was built for Gatorade and it was a real important element to their partnership. So not misunderstanding or recognizing or or misrecognizing the goals of your partners and going not only the mile for what is expected, but the extra mile for what is unexpected and extra appreciated is certainly important. No, absolutely. And I think a lot of that too is is having that proactive mindset and mentality, right? Is you know, even that small example, you can practice as much as possible and reiterate to a 12 or 13 year old, but all of a sudden if they get starstruck and they know that millions of people are watching, what happens and, and what's kind of your rebuttal? And you know, I guess as you think about kind of that proactive mentality and mindset and you know, continuing on the sports theme, you then transition to to Sirius XM radio handling the sports marketing and advertising sales. And as you think about the large media, and we just talked about like the all-star game or the home run derby, what is one key similarity and maybe one key difference from selling a league to then selling media? 
Yeah, I think in sports, we sell a connection not only to a brand like the Nets or the the Islanders, but to the people themselves and the athletes. And in a lot of instances, it's easier for a brand to see the value in a partnership because they understand and are connected to not only the product, the game, but the people uh, who are on the field of play. In radio, it can be harder, a more difficult sell as the connectivity for the brand may be harder to identify and the potential audience may not be as invested as they are in sports. Therefore, making the sales pitch a little bit more difficult to overcome um, some of those initial hurdles. Now, don't get me wrong. I sold Howard Stern and Martha Stewart and other high profile brands and faces and names, which made that connectivity conversation easier to overcome. But it's definitely a different sales process. Absolutely. Well, then, Andrew, then you go on to become the senior vice president of global partnerships, uh, to your point, with the Brooklyn Nets, New York Islanders, and Barclays Center. And in addition to the sports teams, there are also hundreds of shows and events. And so how are you and your team able to leverage and cross-sell all of those different functions and properties of the organization? Yeah, I, You know, coming out of New Jersey, which was a little bit of a, a lame duck season, I'm pretty sure it was the strike shortened season coming out and leading into Brooklyn. I was just getting involved in the NBA, my first foray into, into basketball. We had a really unique opportunity coming into Brooklyn. It was like a relocation, but it wasn't a really a relocation because it was only 10 or 15 miles from Newark where we were playing at the time. But if you think about Brooklyn as a standalone borough, uh, one of the five that make up New York City, it's one of the largest cities in the United States. And it was really without a professional sports team and venue for over 50 years since the Dodgers had left for Los Angeles. Brooklyn is a a proud borough. People really identify with the borough, perhaps more than uh, any other borough. And this moment represented an important time in the history of Brooklyn. It was not only the return to sports, But it was an introduction of a lifestyle brand for Brooklyn that happened to be connected to sports and to basketball, which is a passion point for many Brooklynites. Uh, So most of our deals were really twofold. We tried to connect the arena, which was this lifestyle brand, to a passion point with one of our other quote unquote franchises. Franchises defined as you know, Brooklyn Nets basketball, Brooklyn Show was our concert franchise, Brooklyn Hoops was our college franchise franchise, excuse me, and Brooklyn Boxing was our boxing franchise. Yep. And we sought out partners who understood that there was value in connecting to the lifestyle brand that was Brooklyn and Bar. Barclays Center, but they found the specific touch point with the franchise that made the most sense for their brand and driving their goals to a targeted customer. No, and I, I think it's great advice there, Andrew. It's it's all about the value proposition. The customer has a value proposition. You as a as a salesperson has a value proposition. How do you marry them together? And I think that's the beauty of what you and your team have, have done is you're truly sales consultants. You're not just trying to sell everybody boxing when that doesn't hit their brand. And you know, as you as you're having a ton of success in the in the sports world, in the sports industry, almost eight years ago, you transitioned to the Howard Hughes Corporation, and you were just recently elevated to the co-president. So, congratulations on the the recent promotion there. Um, but but you know, Andrew, walk the listeners through a day to day as you're leading the charge in the continued revitalization of Lower Manhattan Seaport neighborhood with a focus really on strategic partnerships and programming. Yeah, I mean, if I were to look back uh, 
on my departure from pro sports and the Brooklyn Nets and Barclays Center and forecasted what eight years down the road would look like, despite some of my uh, former partners over at Brooklyn thinking that it was a questionable move to vacate a 20-year career in pro sports to go into the real estate space. I could not be more proud of the important role that I'm playing now, of course, in this new role, but every day with my teammates in revitalizing this historic neighborhood. You know, the seaport is the birthplace of commerce in New York City. The original World Trade Center uh, is on our property in the building called Skirmerhorn Row, where the Dutch West India Trading Company was based. Um, the importance of the seaport to the birthplace of New York and business in New York is something that cannot be replicated anywhere. It cannot be suggested as a, a, a transplant from one part of the city to another. It is an authentic part of New York City. And because we control the eight blocks that make up this neighborhood and all of the the, the retail tenants and the restaurants and the programming partners are moving in the same direction at the same time with our influence as sort of the landlord of sorts or those the, the group that controls the area. We can influence the customer journey from the time they step on the historic cobblestones at the corner of Water and Fulton Street to the time that they sit down in one of our restaurants, the experience that they have with the servers and the general managers, the commentary that's made on behalf of our brand partners, like will you be paying with a Chase Sapphire Reserve card tonight and the different benefits that are opened up with that. And of course, the the you know the old tying to the new, um, despite the great history that ties the historic district together here, we also have uh, a brand new concert venue on the rooftop at Pier 17, which we're going into our fifth concert series here coming up um, in May. We begin last year, we had 60 shows, 40 of which were sold out. We assume we'll do similar, if not better numbers going forward. And that really is the crown jewel um, of the Seaport neighborhood, not to mention if uh, any of your listeners uh, ever watch ESPN, we have a tremendous partnership uh, with our partners at ESPN, which has a 20,000 square foot studio on the end of Pier 17. So if you watch any shows from uh, the the Seaport uh, studio on ESPN, that's coming from our, our Pier building as well. No, that's awesome. And, and Andrew, as you think about your career, you've worked with some very iconic brands in both in and out of professional sports. And regardless of the organization, you've helped manage strategic marketing partnerships, advertising campaigns, events, and much more. What's made you so successful in your career? Uh, you know, tough to talk about ourselves, I think, in some of these instances, because uh, what others think of us may not completely align. But from my perspective, I try and manage across the entire business. I try every single day to connect with my teammates, to break down the barrier between boss and direct report. I try and be incredibly approachable. I let my true colors shine through. Sometimes, you know, requires me to be a little bit silly or let my uh, sense of humor and personality come out. But I think that sharing that, um, confiding in each other and having people confide in you helps build momentum. Uh, I make it a real goal to engage with everybody within the organization. And I think that uh, gets them to trust each other and to confide in each other further. Um, I think if I lead by example and they become stronger teammates to each other, they'll be stronger teammates to me. And I'm thankful for the success that I've had alongside my, my partners here for the past eight years. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Again, we're here on 52 Weeks of Hustle. The guest today, Andrew Schwartz, co-president of the New York region at the Howard Hughes Corporation. And Andrew, let's get into three hot topics. In question one, with the Howard Hughes Corporation, you've helped develop a wide array of programming and activations, including that rooftop at Pier 17 summer concert series that you talked about. And what's one key piece of advice to ensure programming and activations are not only innovative, but ultimately go off without a hitch as well? Yeah, I mean, we we can't control everything, but we control what we can control. Um, and I think that goes to our people, obviously. Uh, we have to trust our people to run their business. It's a little bit like buying your first home, the way that I convey the message to, to my teammates here. You own it, you appreciate it, you care for it, you make sure it's always clean and looks perfect. And I I think the same goes for our people who truly own their businesses. We empower them to make, you know, really difficult decisions every single day. And we second guess them, not with a sense of doubt. We second guess them to understand deeper how they make the decisions. And we ask the hard questions. And at the end of the day, we trust them to make the decisions on behalf of the organization that are going to drive us forward. And there's tremendous pride that then goes into every one of those decisions. And people look around, especially in a neighborhood like this, and they point to things and they talk about things as if they are their own, which truly as business owners, um, they are. And this process breeds people who are truly committed to the success of our concerts and our events and the value that we bring to uh, to the community. No, that's great. And, and question two, Andrew, there's always talk about building your own brand. And in many ways, if you think about your own brand, a lot of similarities go into that and in helping build a company brand, which is, is ultimately a key to selling. And so why do you feel like branding is so important for individuals? I if I talk about this once a week, I talk about it every single day to my team because I, without a doubt, want them to go get better jobs than they have now. And that should be every boss's goal is to see your people leave smiling uh, and happy. And telling the brand narrative of Andrew Schwartz or Travis Apple is a skill set that not everyone has. It's so important that you set a goal and that goal can change. It can be an ever moving goal, but you have to set a career goal that you can use as a little bit of your, your North star. And I understand 
that we can't always land our dream jobs. And I understand that we can't always dictate the exact path that we take and there'll be detours from that path along the way. But every one of those helps inform your brand narrative so that your next employer will look at you and understand the attention you're paying to your career. And it will be a little bit of a window into the future of what you will do for them. And at the end of the day, I still have my career goal. I know what I need to do along the way to gain the experiences and the momentum and understand the business operations so that when I get to the next job on my way to my eventual career goal. The story hasn't really changed. The co- I am the main character. I am the person who's driving forward and my goal is attainable and I will reach it one day. I love it. And always continue to be goal oriented. And finally, question three, for those listeners that are interested in, in marketing brand content and over the next five years to help stay ahead of the curve, what are some key initiatives they should be thinking about right now? I I think most, um, especially in our space, because we definitely do things differently. I don't think there's another real estate developer that has um, really embraced the partnership perspective as well as we have. And certainly in New York City, we are atypical because we control the entire environment. And I came here from Barclays Center almost as an entrepreneur to build this partnerships business. And we've had some great partner brands come along for the ride of which we have 13 brands who partner with us uh, now. Uh, And because we're in a landmark preserved part of New York City, there aren't big signs, there aren't billboards. It's not about spending a million dollars to reach a million eyeballs. And I think we've all seen the trend heading in this direction from brands who are moving away from the mass visibility of huge audiences and more into the more difficult but more impactful hand-to-hand combat opportunities when we're dealing with our customers. You know, making a bigger impression on a smaller group of people in the long run provides for you, I think, a better connection between the brand uh, and those customers. And we all need to look in our brand mirror, if you will, as a property or as a team and understand what our offerings are. Uncover some of the strengths and our abilities to make a deeper, more long-lasting impact on that smaller group of people who then in turn become your advocates, whether they buy your product or they help you find other partnerships. Um, And um, when you have those advocates out there, the precision of your programs and your campaigns are very trackable and you can follow the path that those people take um, versus larger um, you know, mass media partnerships where it's tougher to track success uh, and identifying what success looks like can even be a little bit more difficult. Absolutely. Well, Andrew, what a great career. And as you think back, what's been your best memory? Uh, tough to, tough to break it down. Uh, I'll give you two, um, and they're uniquely connected. Um, one is, I would say September 28th, 2012 was the opening night of Barclays Center. Uh, Jay-Z stepped out on stage. Uh, I was standing in a suite at the time. He took off his leather jacket. He revealed the Brooklyn Nets jersey for the first time to a sold out crowd. That was the launch 
of the black and white and the, you know, 18,000 or so Brooklynites collectively lost their shit alongside me, who was so excited for that moment, because not yeah. only were we at Barclays Center experiencing this moment with a great Brooklynite and Jay-Z, but we got a glimpse of what the future looked like for a franchise that was relocating to, you know, this tremendous borough of Brooklyn. And it was really a moment that I'll never forget. So that was September 28th, 2012. By coincidence or by great strategy on September 28th, 2022, 10 years to the day later, I opened up a Tremendous venue here at Seaport called uh, Tin Building. Uh, it's a 53,000 square foot food hall curated by the famous restaurateur Jean George. We kicked off the day um, doing PR stunts all around New York City. We closed the afternoon by ringing the bell at the New York City Stock Exchange. I then had a parade of 100 chefs and performers and a marching band march through the streets of New York City right up to the steps of the tin building where there was a ceremonial ribbon cutting and then a star-studded party which followed so uh 10 years apart I just I said 10 years to the team. day those There's are probably some strategy members. behind that well when they asked when we should open it I certainly had the date in mind <laughs> yeah exactly well Andrew ton of great advice certainly fun to hear about your journey personally and professionally and to close it out I like to put our guests on the hustle hot seat so you ready for this I'm ready if you could be on any TV show which one would you be on I don't watch a tremendous amount of TV, but I will say one TV show that I've watched uh, on multiple occasions in its entirety is the show Lost. Uh, I can't think of a better place to film an entire TV series than on the beaches of Oahu. So Lost would be my answer. What was the last item on your bucket list that you've completed? Not a huge bucket list guy, but I would say that attending the first Islanders game at UBS with my family was great. We are diehards uh, and we're excited to be there on that momentous night. And finally, if you hosted a talk show, who would be your first guest? This is definitely a great question. I think that I would probably need a time machine. I think it would be cool to go back in time to the 1800s. Uh, and interview Lord Stanley of Preston, for whom the Stanley Cup was named after, wondering what he would think, you know, 130, 40 plus years later, yeah. that his name is on the most famous trophy in all of professional sports. I'd love to get his take on that. No, I love it. Well, to close it out, what are three key takeaways you'd give every listener to be in your shoes one day? Okay, there is absolutely no job that is too tall nor too small when you're growing your career. Uh, because everything that you do is getting you noticed, whether you're an established executive who's leading by example, or you're just starting to make a name for yourself. Carry the boxes, pick up the trash, raise your hand every time someone needs a volunteer for something, you will be noticed. It's important to be noticed at a young age, but even as a senior leader, it's even more important to be noticed for the little things that you're doing now. My second takeaway would be read resumes from the bottom up. Find out who people are first from what they do in the community or their hobbies before you necessarily judge them on where they worked. It will definitely give you a different perspective on them immediately. 
Uh, and finally, put your family first and encourage your people to do the same. Uh, it builds momentum with your loved ones at home when you show them how you prioritize and appreciate the important role that they play in your success. And it absolutely creates an environment of trust and appreciation with your teammates that I believe builds a stronger sense of loyalty and commitment from your people. And in the end, everyone wins. Absolutely. Well, Andrew, thank you so much. You've had a great career. Pleasure talking to you. And I certainly appreciate your time and expertise. Thank you, Travis. I really appreciate it. Again, this is Travis Apple. Thank you for listening to 52 Weeks of Hustle. Be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We'll be back next week with another industry leader. Have a great week. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.